All right. Well, good morning. Welcome to uh, H2O. It is so good to have you here with us as we're kicking off uh, 2017 in a new series. My name is uh, Brian Wiles. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, again, we are, we're so excited to be together as we're launching into this new series that we are called You Were Meant for This. And uh, as we launch into this series, really the heart of this series uh, has this recognition uh, that e- within each one of us, there is this deep longing for purpose and meaning. You know, and, and we, we often ask that question, well, what was I even meant for? You know? What am I supposed to do with my life? Who am I supposed to be? And so we believe that the Bible actually has answers to those questions. And, and, and so within each one of us, we know that we want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. You know, I think that every single person I've talked to over the course of, of my time in ministry, there's something deep inside of us that says, I want to make an impact. I want to make a difference. Um, and, and the question simply becomes, well, how do we do that? You know, because if we're honest with ourselves, well, many of us have that deep longing within us to, to make an impact, to, to, to be part of something bigger than ourselves. Many of us have that, that longing, but we also don't know exactly where to go to fill that longing. We oftentimes feel like we may be kind of spinning our, our wheels sometimes. We feel like we're, we're not getting traction on where we want to go. And, and if we're really honest, some of us might even say that there's times where we feel a little bit aimless. There's times where we feel like we're wandering a little, a little bit around in life trying to figure out what exactly was I meant for. It's kind of like we're on the sidelines. Uh, watching a game played out before us, but not being able to really get into the game and figure out what we were meant for. You know, it, it's, it's funny. I, I've, I think I've shared this story with some of you before, but uh, that, that whole analogy reminds me uh, of this experience I had when I was uh, in junior high. And uh, when I was in junior high, I loved sports. Uh, one of the things that was, that was really huge around my town was basketball, and basketball was, was really important to me, so I grew up playing basketball. Um, but the thing about, about junior high, Brian Wiles, was that that uh, he was what we'd say a late bloomer um, athletically, okay? And so, so I was on the junior high basketball team, but, but I typically, my role was to sit at the end of the bench, you know? And, uh, and so we, we went throughout the season. Our team was really good, you know? We, we had lots of wins, and uh, we were towards the end of our season. And uh, I was doing my typical role, sitting down at the end of the bench. And uh, my friend and I, we would, we would sit down there, and we would actually, like, eat candy during the game. And, and our junior high basketball was, like, pretty intense, so we would really, you know, we'd have to sneak it. We'd have to make sure that, that nobody would see, but we'd be watching the game. We knew that if the game was close, we weren't going to get into the game, so we'd have Skittles down in our pocket, and we'd be sitting there eating candy. Well, it's the end of the season, and uh, I'm sitting at the end of the bench, and the game isn't going how it's supposed to be going. We're playing this team that we should have been dominating, we should have been destroying, and we're losing. And it's the third quarter, and uh, the coach is mad, and he doesn't know what to do, and then like a last ditch, I'm going to just try and mix it up and do something. He looks down at the end of the bench, and he says, why? get in the game. I'm like, oh man, you know, so I, I hand my friend my candy and, uh, you know, throw, throw my jersey off, you know, the warm-up jersey, and I'm like, I've never had, like, significant playing time in a game that actually mattered, and so I, I go into the game, and, you know, if you've ever been in one of those situations, you know, your adrenaline's kind of pumping, you're excited, you don't know what to do, and uh, so I, I get into the game, and, and this kid throws me the ball, and I'm standing there, I'm wide open, I'm like, well, I guess I should shoot it, you know, and so I shoot it, and believe it or not, it went in the hoop, you know, and I'm like, yeah, Yes, this is awesome. A few more plays go by, and I, I scored a couple more baskets. I had a couple defensive plays where I stole the ball. And uh, all of a sudden, like, the game changed. The game turned around, and we ended up coming back and winning the game. And I got to be the hero of my eighth-grade basketball game. I mean, it was like this amazing experience. Luckily for me, it's the really cool part. 
there was a junior high dance later that night, okay? And so, like, it just happened to coordinate that all the girls wanted to dance with me. It was like, oh, Wiles, man, he bailed the team out, you know? And uh, I got to feel like big man on campus for a minute. You know, but I, I think about that story, and, it, and, and it's kind of funny, it's goofy, but when, when I think about it, the, the implication that it reminds me of is you never know what type of impact you're going to have until you get in the game. You know, you never know the type of impact you may be able to have until you actually take a step of faith, until you take a risk, and you actually get off the bench and get into the game. Now, that was something I didn't have control over. I had to wait for the coach to put me in. But in the game of life, we all have the opportunity, and we get to choose whether we're going to stay on the sidelines or whether we're going to actually get in the game and make a difference, make an impact. And that's what this series, You Were Meant for This, is all about. See, so oftentimes we get, we get caught or we get stuck feeling like we need to have the perfect plan. We need to know exactly what we, what we need to do. We need to know exactly what we're gifted at because we're afraid of failure. We're afraid of making a mistake. But the reality is God wants us to get into the game. God has something that we were meant for. God wants us to get off the bench and make an impact. And our hope with this series is that it would inspire us to action that it would inspire us to, to get off the bench and to get into the game and, and, and realize what we were meant for. You see, here's the big idea for today. Here's the big idea that we're going to discover together today. The big idea is this. You were meant to use your gifts to make an impact for God. You were meant to use your gifts to make an impact for God. And as we start 2017, as we're launching into this new year and there's a fresh start and there's new beginnings... We're jumping back into the book of 1 Corinthians. If you were with us last year, we spent uh, all, all of from, from August until December going through the book of 1 Corinthians and, and discovering what God has for us in that book. And now as we're jumping into 2017, we're jumping back in and we're picking up at chapter 12 that we're going to spend some time in together today. And chapter 12 is all centered around this idea of using our gifts for the glory of God, using our abilities, using our talents to serve God and to serve others. And so that's where we're going today. We're going to figure out what we were meant for and how that plays into the kingdom of God and what God has for us. So if you have your Bibles, you can, we're going to jump in. You can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 with us. We also have an H2O app if you're newer to H2O with all the, the sermon notes in it that you can follow along on. And we also have paper notes as well. And so we can jump in together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 1. It says this. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when we were pagans, somehow or another, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in every one, it is the same God at work. And we're going to stop as we go through these first 11 verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to break it down into three things that we can learn about using our gifts. And so the first thing is this. Our gifts come from the same source. Okay, Paul, Paul talks about the reality that there are many different gifts, there are many different personalities, there are many different things that God has given us, but every single one of us has a gift, and every single gift comes from the same source. 
Paul starts off and, and he says, I don't want you to be uninformed. In other words, he's saying, hey, let me stop and take a minute just to kind of educate you. Let me stop and make sure that you're thinking about this right. And I need you to know that your gifts come from the same source. And, and he, he goes even further. He tells us what that source is. He says, our gifts are given to us by God the Holy Spirit. Our gifts are given to us by God the Holy Spirit. You see, we as Christians believe that God exists uh, as one being in three persons. And this is a complex doctrine, but it's, it's what we mean when we say the Trinity. Maybe you've heard that word Trinity floating around, but maybe it's like, well, what exactly does that word mean? That word simply means that God exists as one being in three separate persons. So God is a, a God of triunity. He's a, he's a triune God, a God of perfect eternal relationship composed of of three united persons without separate existence, so completely united to form one God. And here Paul says, the role of God, the Holy Spirit, is to distribute gifts to us. It comes from one source, God, the Holy Spirit, and they're distributed to us. And so when we think of the Holy Spirit, we can, we can be reminded and we can know that the Holy Spirit isn't just like a wind or a force or a magical power. The Holy Spirit is actually a person, a member of the Godhead, who, who has a personality who distributes gifts to each and every one of us. See, our gifts come from the same source. And this is important, and I think Paul tells us that, that he wants us to be informed about this because it's so important for us to know that our gifts come from the same source because it stops us from comparing ourselves to one another, doesn't it? When you know the source of the gift that you have, it stops you from comparing yourself to others. You know, and, and it allows you to be thankful for what God has given you and thankful for what God has given other people, thankful for the gifts that God has given other people. Maybe you've had this experience when you were a kid, or maybe if you have kids yourself, you've had this experience. Um, but, but gift giving, you know, it's something that we just got done doing around Christmas time. And, and, and sometimes when, when you give a, a kid a gift, sometimes there's this, this tendency to start comparing it to what other kids get. Maybe you did that yourself, or maybe you had that experience. My, my youngest son, his birthday is in late November, okay? And so at, at his birthday in late November, his grandparents gave him this really cool remote control helicopter. That's what every little boy, especially right now, wants, right? And so my youngest son, Isaac, he opens up the remote control helicopter, and he's so pumped. But Sam, my middle son, really loves electronics, you know? He, and he was even more excited than, than Isaac. And so as soon as Isaac opens up this remote control helicopter, Sam looks at him and he goes, that's not fair. I wanted one of those, man. That is so cool. How come Isaac gets a remote control helicopter? That's so awesome. I wanted one of those. And and oftentimes when you think about that reaction that we have, you know, it's tempting to live our lives that way. And so I just said, Sam, hey, buddy, be happy for your brother. Guess who gave him those gifts? It was our family. Do you think that we are going to take care of him more than we're going to take care of you? You know, buddy, trust us. Be happy for your brother. You can be happy for him because I guarantee you that someday you're going to get a gift like that as well. And a few days later at Christmas time, he got a sweet drone helicopter, you know. He's like, okay, it's even. And, and, and so, you know, Sam, I had to tell him, buddy, you can trust us. These gifts come from the same source. And so when he gets something that you're excited about, be happy for him because we're going to be fair to you. We love you just as much as we love him. We're going to take care of you. And this, in essence, is what Paul is saying to us. As we're sitting here, and many of us, we come into our life, and, and it's tempting to kind of look around 
at how God has gifted other people, isn't it? It's tempting to kind of look at other people and say, wow, I wish that, that I had that talent. Wow, I, I, I wish that I had that job. Wow, I wish that I had that relationship. Whatever the case may be, I wish I could sing like the, 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 the members of the band can sing. I wish that I, w- I had the personality that this other person... Whatever temptation we may have in our life, it's tempting to start to compare. It's like, God, I wish you would have given me that, but instead you stuck me with this. Paul's saying, you can trust God. You can trust the Holy Spirit. He's in control. He knows what he's doing. And so if he's given you a gift, he's given you a gift for a purpose. And if he's given somebody else a gift, he's given them that gift for a purpose. And so you can take joy and you can celebrate because our gifts come from the same source, our loving God, our Father. And so this is a foundation. As we head into this this series, you were meant for this, that every single one of us knows that God has given every single person a gift, and we can take comfort knowing that he's done it for a purpose, and he has a reason. And we can look around at the people beside us, and we can celebrate them because their gifts came from the same place that our gifts came from. There's no hierarchy. There's no better or worse. God didn't make a mistake. It's the reality of who he is. And so our gifts come from the same source. And then let's, let's read on. Let's jump back into the text. Verse number 7. It says this. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And we're going to stop there and just look at verse 7 for a minute. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? For the common good. So not only do our gifts come from the same source, but our gifts come for the same purpose. Okay, think about that. Our gifts don't just come from the same source, God the Holy Spirit, but they come for the same purpose. See, God has given each one of us gifts for two very distinct, very real reasons. To bring God glory and to serve others. When you boil everything down, that is what you were meant for. That is what your gifts were given to you for, to bring glory to God and to serve other people, to love God and love others. That, at the heart of everything that we're called to do as Christian men and women, is the reality of what God has blessed us with and what God has given us gifts for, to glorify God and to serve others for the common good, verse 7 says. In 1 Corinthians, uh, verse 10, or chapter 10, verse 31 we're told like this. So whether you eat or, what, or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And so Paul again is saying, whether you have this amazing gift and this amazing talent that all the world looks at and just you stand out, or whether you just feel average sometimes, whether it's just going to work and punching in numbers or doing your job faithfully, whether you have all the recognition in the world or whether nobody notices what you're doing, Do it for the glory of God. And sometimes we have this temptation inside of us when when we say things like, I want to be part of something bigger than myself. I want to make an impact. Sometimes we have this picture of just these amazing things happening and, you know, getting on the news and and having everybody notice every little thing that we do. You know what? That's not how Christianity spread. That's not how the gospel goes out. The gospel primarily goes out in the day-in, day-out activities that God has called us to do, and we do it with intentionality for his glory, using the gifts that God has given us for his glory. You know, Deion Sanders, uh, maybe some of you know his story. 
Deion Sanders, if you don't know much about sports or know his story, he was uh, this guy who played football in, in the 90s, and he went to Florida State. He was one of the most amazing athletes that, that really our country has ever seen. He, he was drafted and played professional football, and he also played professional baseball. There's only a handful uh, of men in the history of the world who played uh, two professional sports, and he played both professional football and professional baseball. He was a Hall of Famer in football. He had this huge impact. He liked to talk a lot of trash. You know, so he's got this reputation uh, around him. And, uh, and he, he tells this story of being on top of the world because of who he was. You know, I mean, he was the most feared cornerback in the league. You, you couldn't throw a football anywhere near him because he would go and knock it down. He was a defender. And so everybody was scared of him. And he tells this story of, uh, of going into the league and just living life for himself. And when you have that type of reputation, when you have that type of fame, you, you get put on a pedestal, right? And so he had everything that the world seemed to offer. He had all the money that he could imagine. He had, you know, relationships and, and, and immorality running wild in his life. He had, he had all the fame that he could imagine, and he won his first Super Bowl. And he said he remembers sitting in, in the locker room and people celebrating and, you know, champagne all over the place and, and all this different stuff, and he was just kind of empty inside. And after that, that celebration, Celebration, he, he says he remembers going out and sitting in his car by himself and contemplating taking his own life because he was so empty inside. He was so empty inside. A guy who had everything, all the fame, all the money, anything that you could ask for, but he was completely empty. And he says what he realized is he was using his gifts for who? For himself. And it left him more and more empty and so actually every step up the ladder actually left him feeling more empty. And, and as he sat in that car, he, he cried out to God and said, God, I need something. And one of his teammates shared the gospel with him and told him about Jesus. And, and Deion Sanders talks about this reality of putting his faith and trust in Christ and how he went from somebody who is completely empty because he was totally living for himself to somebody who now has joy and peace and contentment because he's using his gifts He's using his fame. He's using what God has given him to bring God glory. He said that was the difference for him, taking his focus off of himself and putting his focus on to God. And so we have to use our gifts to glorify God, and we have to use our gifts to build up others for the common good. We live in a culture, don't we? We live in a world that, that, that so oftentimes is so consumed with self. You know, we, we, we read about it. We hear about it. We, we read so much about become a better you. You know, we're told to put yourself first. We're told to love yourself more. And, and we need to love ourselves. Don't hear me saying that we shouldn't. But I, I think our world and our culture, sometimes our answer to the emptiness that we find is to think about yourself more. That's what our world says so much. If you look at what, you know, the top New Year's resolutions, so many of them are about taking better care of yourself, all these things. And, and again, those things aren't bad. We, we need to do those in the right context. But our answer to the longing that we have, the answer of what we were meant for, is not to think about ourselves more. I can guarantee you that that is not the case. The Bible says it's to think about God and think about others. Use what God has given us to build up others. Use what God has given us to bring him glory. First Peter 4.10, it says this. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Again, we all have different gifts. We all have different strengths. We all have different weaknesses. 
So that's not the point here. The point is whatever that gift is, use it to serve others. And so here's a question to, to kind of take it away from the philosophical and bring it in a little bit more personal. Here's a question. Are you using the gifts that God has given you to build up yourself or to build up God's kingdom? You know, if you're just really honest, are you using the gifts that God's given you? Are you using your, your job? Are you using your, 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 your friendships? Are you using your passions to build up the kingdom of God, to build up the church? Or are you using it for your own glory? And, man, I can tell you, like, I, this is one of the reasons why I love being part of H2O, because I look around our church, and, and I look at the other venue over on campus, and I know there are so many of us who are committed to passionately using what God has given us to, to bring God glory and to serve others. And it's an amazing thing to be part of a community that is committed to that. And I also wonder, what if every single one of us was committed to that? What if every single one of us used the gifts that God has given us to, to build up the kingdom? And that's why we exist as a church. Our desire as a church is to empower every single person to use what God's given them to bring him glory and to serve others. That, that's who we are. We're, we're a church that wants to empower people. We're a church that wants to come alongside people. We're a church that wants to be a family that together uses what God's given us to bring him glory. So you were meant not only to... To, to use the gifts that you have for yourself, you were meant to use those gifts for God and for others. So our gifts come from the same source. They come for the same purpose. And then third and finally, let's jump back in. In verse 8, it says this. To one there is given through the Spirit, again, from the same source, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the means of the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, interpretation of tongues. Okay, so what, what Paul is doing here is he's listing out these eight different uh, spiritual gifts that exist. And we're not going to get into the details of those eight different spiritual gifts because that honestly isn't the heart of what he's getting at here. He's just listing some examples. In other places, there's tons of other spiritual gifts that are, that, 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 are, that are cited. And so it's not so much about these individual gifts that he's referencing that is what he's talking about. In verse 11, here's what he means. He says, all these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them, each one, just as he determines. See, third and finally, we can learn that our gifts aren't our own. That our gifts aren't our own. Tim Keller, he, he's a famous author and pastor, brilliant man. He says this, If you have money, power, and status today, it's due to the century and place which you were born. Your talents and your capacities and health, none of which you earned. In short, all your resources are, in the end, the gift of God. None of your resources are are yours. In the end, they're a gift of God. So here's the question. Do you really believe that? Because I don't know about you, but there's times where I'm tempted to think that the things that I'm good at are a result of me. I'm tempted to think that the things that I'm strong at are a result of me and my effort and my hard work. But here we're told that our gifts aren't our own. And of course, we cooperate with God 
We strengthen our gifts. We, we, we get the decision to how we use them. But the reality is they're not ours. And so we can lay aside the, the pride and the desire to, to build ourselves up and simply say, God, these are your gifts, and I want to steward them. And that, that verse in, in 1 Peter, we're told that, that we get to, to steward God's gifts in all their various forms. And so what does that mean? To be a steward means that we are taking care of something that doesn't belong to us. That we're taking care of something that's not actually ours and that someday we're going to have to return to the person who actually owns them, to the person who, who they actually belong to. See, we're simply stewards of these gifts. I don't know about you, but when I get like, given something to take care of, I treat it way better than I treat my own stuff. You guys ever had that situation? Maybe your dog sitting is like, I really want to take care of this dog, you know, because it's not mine. And if it dies, it's going to be really bad, right? You know, or, or maybe this, I, I had this experience when I was uh, when, when, over Christmas break. We were out in Colorado. We had a week-long vacation out in Colorado. It was really fun. It was, it was a great time. And so we flew out to Colorado because it's a really long drive. So we didn't have a car when we were out there. My in-laws came and picked me up, and, and we uh, went back up to, to this cabin, this place that they have. And so we were there for a whole week and there were a couple times where just our family the the five of us my wife and my three kids we wanted to get away or you know go go do a little trip or go eat something so we didn't have a car right and so I had to borrow my in-laws car I was stewarding their car and you better believe that when I was driving their car I took way better care of it than I took my my own car when I drive my own car there's like gum wrappers all over the place I'm not one of those really clean car people right you know and so I you know I might, might just throw a bag of chips on on the ground or something like not really but you know it, the car may get a little bit dirty but when I was borrowing my in-laws car I mean I'm wanting to be meticulous about this thing right and so my kids are like can I have a snack in the car no you can't have a snack in the car this is grandma and grandpa's car we have to give it back to them in perfect condition we're taking care of something that's theirs we're stewarding theirs you know because it's like this is somebody else's it's not mine I have to take good care of this This is what God is doing with our gifts. He's handing them to us. But they're his. It's like we're driving this car, but it's not really ours. And so if you have a gift of music, it's not really yours. If you have a gift of being great with kids, it's not really yours. If you have a gift to make money, it's not really yours. If you have a gift to serve, it's not really yours. Whatever the case is, Those things that God has given us, he's just allowing us to steward them. And someday, we're going to stand before God, right? And there won't be any more using those gifts. It's like we'll have to give them back. And we're going to stand before God and say, did I steward them well? Did I take care of them? Did I shepherd them? Or did I use them for my own good? Did I use them for my own strengths or my own passions? What are you doing with the gifts God has given you, and how are you stewarding them? And as we close, I just want to give you one encouragement, because I know that it's so tempting as we go into a message like this of thinking you were meant for this. It's so tempting to feel like you have to have everything figured out. You have to know exactly what that gift is that God's given you, that you have to to have a plan. But I want to give you an encouragement that the best place to figure that out is by simply jumping into the game, by starting, by seeing a need and meeting it. 
You know, that's how oftentimes God reveals what our gifts are to us, is by us seeing a need, by us taking initiative and saying, this is something, a way that I can serve. This is a way that I can bless other people. This is a way that I can glorify God. And so don't feel like you have to know the end game before you get into the game. Feel like you can use what God has given you and see a need and meet it, because this is what happens when all of us come together for the glory of God. We talk a lot about this around here at H2O. We work hard to try to make sure that, that every single person can, can find out what those gifts are and can experience them. We, 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 we talk about the well. It's kind of our starting point of entry into serving within the church. And we're going to start up a new session of the well here really soon. And during that time, we actually have like an intensive spiritual gifts test and survey that you can go through to try to help you figure out what your gifts are. And so if you haven't done that, I'd encourage you to do that. But I also would simply say that don't, be discouraged if you start jumping in and serving and you don't see an immediate impact right away. Because oftentimes it's something that takes time for us to build into the kingdom of God and see fruit for the service that we have. And can you imagine what it would look like if every single one of us, every single one of us joined together and used our gifts for the glory of God to make an impact for him? Man, I'm so excited to continue on with this series to get into more specifics uh, of what God has called us to do and what you're meant for. But our encouragement today is that you would start to think about how can I get off the bench and into the game and serving to make an impact for God. So let's pray. Let's invite the band to come up and lead us in worship. And let's reflect on that together.